All right, welcome to uh, another episode of the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League podcast, the post-holiday break, um, mid-FA Cup break uh, podcast that is still trying to wrap its head around everything going on in the world and in the Premier League. Um, But as usual, it's me, Taylor, and I'm joined by... It's Evan, (laughs) y'all. I'm joined by It's Evan. Um, <laughs> my beautiful uh, co-host for this podcast. Uh, how are you doing, Evan? I am in all sorts of places. <laughs> Mentally. Yeah. Uh, physically, I'm in one place. Uh, which is, yeah. Um, mentally, I'm all over the map. So <laughs> many things happening. So many things not happening. So a lot to, lot to get into, potentially. So we'll see where this winding road takes us. Yeah. Full disclosure, uh, dear listener, Evan, I think, is spot on when he said that his head is in a lot of different places. And at least for me, none of them is the Premier League right now. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Um, that being said, uh, we do want to do a little bit of a different podcast today. Um, so instead of going through and talking about each individual team and how they performed, um, we wanted to kind of take a little bit of a step back and talk about some of the bigger storylines, um, maybe some specific matches or maybe just specific players that drew our attention over the um, holiday break and then get into a couple of different questions that we have um, from some of you on Slack and then for each other um, about you know what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Um, what do we want to do with our Premier Leagues, uh, our Premier League teams? going forward um how does that sound evan wonderful great introduction thanks um do you want to go ahead and give us an update since it's been a couple of game weeks since we talked um do you want to give us an update on the premier league table um yeah give me a second i'm just checking something real quick um okay i've got the um i've got the table up so uh, i'm just gonna run through kind of uh where everyone's at uh all right, so, well, it's no surprise. Lords of Soccer Ball, Jerry Groth, still in the lead um, with a total of 983 points. In second place, Apple Incorporated official Taylor Hare with 937 points. Um, in third place, the Bruce Matthews, William Spicer, who I'm labeling my big winner of the festive fixtures, um, a total of 922 points, so catching up to Taylor there. Um and winner faces Wyatt Keener at number four, who I'm labeling um, the biggest not-so-winner of the <laughs> fixtures at 905 points. He has dropped a couple places in about the span of four weeks, I think. Um, so not looking great, but he can still, he can still salvage a, a, great, um, a great result at, at, by the end of the season. So I'm not too worried. Um, in fifth, me, Angelotti, Andy Pasti, um, total of 904 points. Again, I'm always plagued by being one point behind the person before. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. And then Crumbs, Tim Griffith, brings up the rear as he has most of the season with 799 points. Um, he's looking pretty comfy down there, if I'm being honest. Um, I, I hope that he can surprise us with some fun moves and maybe uh, maybe overtake somebody and climb out of sixth out of the relegation zone. But, hey, that's where we're at. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty wild ride. Um, how do you want to, where do we go now? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, we could go any number of ways. I do think it's worth noting how kind of volatile things have been on the table. Yeah. Uh, and especially, I think you're right to highlight Bruce Matthews as the big, the big winners of what's been going on. They, um, seem to be i was actually thinking about this today because they have a lot of the same kind of key players that i have but they're just playing them much better than i am um (laughs) like like i for instance i had like bednarak on the bench um last week and he has bednarak and had him in the game so it's just stuff like that that's like really adding up so that he's kind of nipping at my heels here yeah definitely i mean we're still uh, it's kind of been the same all season where we've got solid first place, solid sixth place. And then, or at least I guess at some point, you know, sometime in the fall, it kind of cemented that way. And then two through five has just kind of um, 
kind of been floating around. But now that Wyatt's kind of in the mix, um, there's only, what, 33 points that separates two through fifth. Um, it's kind of a representative, it kind of mimics at least the premier, actual Premier League table. So um, pretty interesting in that regard. It's not not boring. So, um, yeah, a lot of lot of action over the over the festive fixtures. Um, and, you know, I, I think that will continue moving forward. Totally. And I think um, you mentioned Wyatt maybe not having a great couple of weeks. Um, and I know for Wyatt, that's probably disappointing. But I think for the rest of us, it makes things pretty exciting, as you said, to have him in the mix and jockeying for different positions here in the pack rather than being kind of um, midway between the rest of us and Jay. Um, so Wyatt, welcome. Welcome to uh, how the rest of us live, I guess. So maybe one uh, place to start as we're kind of reflecting on the past couple of game weeks um, and some of the big kind of narrative points that have been interesting to us. Um, I just want to ask one question that is always on my mind, and that is, what do you think about Chelsea? What is going on? What will happen? What ne- what do you think needs to happen? Um, and is this a fixable problem this season, do you think? Or is this like a, maybe they're just kind of need to throw in the towel for this season and start to rebuild for next season? Um, I don't think anything is that dire. Okay. You, I mean, you could maybe give me reasons why you think so, but I think that obviously there were high hopes for Chelsea specifically this season. And early on, we saw that that was not going to pan out this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they started to pick up some form as players bedded into the team. Um, Lampard's still kind of messing around with player positions and formations. So I think given that, it's not surprising what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really, ex- I don't really expect them to look like a solid unit this season at all. And plus they're kind of fallen out of form. They lost to Arsenal. Um, they haven't played too well, I guess, um, over the holidays, but I think that might come down to, that just might come down to uh, fatigue. I think everybody's like all of the teams are, are, are having to play a lot. So I think if, uh, you know, Everton's had some tough games, I think other Liverpool's had some tough, tough results. Like everyone's kind of in this blah state. Uh, so I don't think it's anything to be warned, warned about if you're a Chelsea fan. Um, I think it just is what it is. I think they'll catch back on. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to look at it. I guess I tend to be maybe a little bit more down on them at the moment. I think, I'm I'm t- not totally sure that Lampard will survive survive the next couple of weeks, um, and I like that is always such a wild card when you're thinking about a team's performance. You know, when they fire a manager, there's obviously the new manager bounce that is possible but not certain, and not knowing like not having any idea of who they might bring in instead of him um, just makes them a very very much a question mark for me and. The way that manifests in fantasy Premier League is, I just wanna, I don't wanna touch any of their players right now, because they are just kind of that, uh, that that volatile. Um, oh, I see. Yeah, no, I, um, yeah, I'm kind of from a fantasy's perspective, I'm not really interested in them at all. I don't think Lampard's that great of a manager. I think he relies a little bit on. I don't think he has like a specific style of play or strategy. I think he's, uh, he just kind of throws people out there. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that too. Yeah, that's good to know about Chelsea. I mean, yeah. Do you have any any like uh, specific storylines or thoughts or even players or matches that stuck out to you about the past couple of weeks? Um, obviously, I think the biggest one uh, from a fantasy perspective or from just the Premier League in general. I'm kind of thinking just anything like, um, yeah. Like what, what was interesting to you about the past couple of weeks? Honestly, I was surprised to see Liverpool, those three results in a row come yeah. off. The way they did. I think that's probably the biggest storyline. I don't know if they're just suffering from the fixture pileup or if, or if it's their 
injuries in defense, um, which subsequently, you know, removed players from the midfield to fill that gap, like Fabinho and Henderson. Mm-hmm. So basically they're weak in defense and midfield. So I don't know. I think it's, it's tough to own their assets, but I don't know. Like, I think that they'll come good eventually. Um, but I've been thinking about thinking that for three weeks now. Um, those were yeah. easy fix, should have been easy fixtures, and they weren't. Yeah, totally. So it's a little frustrating, especially when I picked up Salah um, after and I replaced De Bruyne for Salah, and mm. that hasn't come off. Yeah, totally. I was, um, I've been thinking about this week making like a one week transfer of Salah for De Bruyne because obviously um, Liverpool don't have a game this game week um, in addition to quite a few teams and a lot of um, I have a lot of players who play on those teams so I've got a lot of thinking to do but that's one thing I think I'm going to do is just probably make a quick switch so that I have a really high value player playing in the midfield this week yeah yeah that's that's a good I think that's a good call did you did you watch um any of the Southampton uh, Liverpool game? Like the did you see when like Hassan Hoodle was crying at the end? No, what? It was wild. Um, it was it was really interesting. Like because obviously they just like they won one to nothing, and Southampton are a very good team. So it was kind of strange to like have a manager like sobbing on the sidelines during a regular season game but at the same time i get the feeling that like he is friends with klopp and there's like friendly rivalry there and it just like um was a big like release of emotion for him in some way which is like really fascinating to watch yeah that is interesting because in the grand scheme of things it's just three points (laughs) yeah yeah it's not like it's not like that won them the title or anything or a champions league spot or a any european spot but yeah i guess i guess that you know he's probably jurgen klopp is probably a role model to to him yeah uh, awesome hoodle would be my guess yeah that's that's how the the kind of pundits were portraying it afterwards which i thought was a really nice way of doing it um and on that topic i think hassan hoodle is an interesting story too because i've been hearing his name in connection with um, you know, some other teams, both in Germany and um, in other kind of continental leagues, as well as some other teams um, in the Premier League. I know I've heard his name mentioned in connection with Chelsea even. Um, oh, so it's like that's it's, interesting. Yeah. I, I, now that you say, I love that. I love that. I really hope that that happens at the end of the season. Frank why, is- why do you like it so much? Because one, Hassan Hoodle is a good manager. That's that. I think that's proven. I think Hassan Hoodle is a better manager than Frank Lampard. And yeah, I think I, I think that's indisputable. Okay. Okay. If that's indisputable, then that's obviously an upgrade. Second of all, Chelsea has the infrastructure right now, like the players and the recruitment and money to recruit other players to fit that specific style of play that Hassan Huda likes to play. I mean, he's got, you've got a solid defense already in place. I think mm-hmm. at um, a mix of like veterans and young guns that are, that are good. So like, I think you're fine there. You've got a great goalie now. Um, and you've got some players up front that will, that will be very energetic. I, I just think that it, it's a good fit. I really like that fit. I know. I would love to see it happen. It seems, it seems like kind of unlikely just from like a, a um, like PR perspective, right? Like, I don't know how much this plays into Chelsea's thinking, but I could totally see there being some ego involved in like, oh, we don't like hire the Southampton manager, you know? Um, I could, I could see it if, if, Southampton places seventh or higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And I think it's, it's, 
I don't know what it is about Southampton, but it must be very fun to be a Southampton fan because uh, you have so many good managers coming through there. Obviously, Mauricio Pochettino kind of cut his teeth there in the Premier League um, after, uh, I think he came over from like Espanol or something like that. Um, And then you have like people who just go on to be like world beaters like Sadio Mane and... Virgil van Dijk come through there like that just sounds like such an exciting club to support honestly yeah yeah it really does now that they have Haas and Hoodle they struggled there for a second before they got him right uh, after Poch left um and then I guess after um what's his name guy that came to Everton um uh, I, I can't that remember. Barcelona now um what's his oh, name ronald kuman ronald kuman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Was there and then after he left i think they had like mark hughes or something and it just like didn't work but that that was probably their best move southampton is like a good i do enjoy their club structure they always yeah. bring those those um younger players they they breed them uh, so many good players have come through there um, totally. either through recruitment or through their academy so yeah, I, I agree. I think that's. I, I really hope that they. I, even though I like Austin Hoodle at a club like Chelsea, I do kind of hope he stays there and and makes something of them. That's like a solid seventh and eighth place team for a few years. Yeah, because uh, I think that would be really exciting. Yeah. No, I agree. I also I totally agree, and I wish that happened more. But I think you you just can't expect that to happen, especially with. Yeah. A manager like Austin Hoodle who just like kind of um there's there's like a very high ceiling for him in terms of what he can accomplish in like some huge teams so um while it would be nice to see a like quality manager like him stick around like i just don't really see that happening for longer than at least like you know another season or so yeah uh, same i think if they they end well he has a good start to the next season He'll be gone really soon if he's not gone this summer, to be honest. Yeah. Speaking of uh, of ex-Southampton managers, um, Pochettino to PSG. Yeah. Fascinating. Our, I wonder what our Spurs fans think of that. They'll have to let us know in Slack what they think. But, yeah, that's um, I, I think that's going to be very interesting to watch, especially from my perspective because um, Everton might sell Moise Keane to him. Mm. Yeah. In which case, I think that's a great fit for him, to be honest. Um, yeah. Even though I would love for him to stay, I just don't know that there's a place for him because we have a young striker that's proven now. Um, and if Keane goes to PSG, he'll get to work with Pochettino, who's great with young players. So I think that's a win win for him. And honestly, if we can make money off of that sale, then I think that's fine. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, there's talk of. Um, him possibly bringing Deli Alley in from Spurs, which would Love be, an, that. yeah, it'd be another another move that I think works out for everyone. Like, it's I I kind of hate to see someone of his talent just kind of wasting away. Oh yeah, at Spurs. Um, and I think he could add a lot to that team because he would be a kind of creative force that, at least w- when I watch him play, I always think he's like a pretty unselfish attacker in a way like um he's creative without being like domineering if that makes sense um and they have quite enough domineering personalities on that team um so i think that could fit in really nicely yeah i agree yeah i have never really thought of him as like a selfish player or um you know i guess he's always played at least for spurs he's always played with harry kane so harry kane's the focal point of that team so he's never really been like the driving force but he has been the, a creative player so yeah i think that i think that would be an interesting fit i would love to see both of those players go over yeah. to psg and see what potch can do yeah can you imagine like neymar to deli ali to killing mbappe like that sounds like so much fun to watch wow yeah yeah that would be interesting i really hope that happens now i'm, I'm glad potch found a good home I'm ho- i hope they treat him right yeah same uh, I mean, he's an ex-PSG captain, so he at least has like a little bit more pull with people than the typical manager you're bringing in. 
Ooh, that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. What are uh, any anything else happening around the Premier League, around um, the football world in general that you think we should bring up? Um, I want to talk about COVID in just a second um, because that's something Wyatt brought up in Slack and that is like truly messing with all of our fantasy teams right now. But before yeah. we do it, I think we should also just put a pin in the fact that um, there are so many good young Americans playing. Oh, man. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's exciting. I can't wait to see the next, like, campaign um, for the men's national team. It should be. It should be one to watch for sure. I can't remember the name of the guy, but, like, did you see um, an American scored a hat trick for Schalke? I think it was either today or yesterday. Um, He was, I think he's, like, you know, 19 or 20 years old. Um, Yeah. And gave them their first win in 30 games. Zach Steffen playing (laughs) and almost having a a total howler at Man City was kind of funny, but. um, Yeah. (laughs) uh, But he's at a good club though. Yeah, totally. Um, And clearly like the best coach in the world trusts him. So that's good. Um, And then Tyler Adams at Leipzig playing against Gio Reyna um, today in the Bundesliga was just really exciting. So I don't know, like, I'm just very, very happy about all of that because um, it's been a very long time since I've been excited about men's soccer in, in uh, on the national level in the U S. Yeah, for sure. That is, that is super exciting. And you didn't, I don't even think you mentioned Pulisic. Oh so. yeah, obviously. Pulisic, <laughs> incredible. So yeah. So, I mean, it seems like the, honestly, the way it, in my head, it seems like there's just, the, the men's national team is going to be all about attacking, which is very exciting. Totally, uh, It's not going to be like the, the grind it, grind out a one nil win in a world cup to, to make it to the, you know, quarterfinals anymore. It's going to be just flair and score as many goals as possible. Cause that's the only way we're going to win. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, I just, I just had this yeah, vision of, uh, of, um, Marcelo Bielsa coaching the U.S. men's national team. Uh, don't, just, don't even. Just run, that would be a dream. Gun. Oh, that would coached, be a dream. He coached Chile. He could coach us. Um, not that we're in any way on the same level with Chile, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, so maybe we should talk a little bit about COVID and um, how I'm interested to know how you're thinking about you know how the kind of uncertainty around whether like any given fixture is going to actually happen is changing the way you're thinking about fantasy premier league. Um, I think probably the most immediate threat to that, to our, our kind of fixtures right now is the Aston Villa Spurs game because Aston Villa supposedly has like 10 first team players positive right now. Um, and so I think there's a lot of speculation about whether or not that game will actually end up happening um but then also quite a few games like quite a few fulham games got canceled over the break um so yeah i am I'm, I'm interested in how you're thinking about it is it the kind of thing that you're just like saying oh well i can't control it so i'm just not even gonna let it factor into my decisions or are you kind of taking it into account when you're thinking about transfers and stuff um definitely taking in into account but at the end of the day, not letting it um, be the, uh, I guess, the, the main, the kind of the main focus of your transfer strategy. I guess like the weird thing for me is when you have teams that will just end up not playing a game week and supposedly that game will be rescheduled later on in the season but there's also value to be had by, you know, subbing on a player this game week to play. Um, So it really like, to me, like messes with the whole kind of system of how the game works. I don't know if you feel that way. Ooh, Evan is connecting via audio. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Hopefully I solved that issue. Nice. Very good. Sorry, Sorry, everyone. (laughs) <laughs> sorry to our uh listening audience um but evan is doing some really kind of nice on the fly wizardry with his technology over there 
trying. Um, okay, let's go back. Okay, so as far as COVID goes, the way I see it, I'm taking two practical steps and um, just understanding that there's only so much I can do. Um, so the first thing I'm doing is making sure I have as many playing players as possible. So trying to keep my bench. I'm trying not to bring in any players that I know aren't going to play. I'm trying to bring in reliable starters so that way I have a bench to play when people don't play. Um, The second thing I'm doing is saving my transfers as long as possible right before the deadline, Um, just waiting it out. Even if I have changes I know I want to make and I'm not worried about price rises, um, I'm just going to wait until the end of the week, see what games are going to be played and make my decision as late as possible. If something gets called later, nothing you can do about it. So those are the two things that I'm thinking about, but um, I mean, there's only so much you can do. So just hope for the best really yeah no that's kind of how i'm feeling about it too and i i'm really kind of suffering for not paying a lot of attention of attention to um some of that stuff over the past couple weeks because because of the combination of like covid cancellations and then teams that just aren't playing this week i have like i would say probably let's see one two three four five, six, seven, I have eight players on my team total who will not be playing this week. Well, so, yeah, so that's interesting. And I don't know if we want to talk about this now or in a little bit, but yeah, the blank, the blank game week. So that, you know, obviously different than COVID. Yeah. Um, This was scheduled to happen. Um, It actually ends up being that there's more games to be played this week than originally planned. So, um, which actually helps me out. Assuming that that Spurs and Aston Villa game gets played. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, I don't really know if we want to move on to that or if we want to address COVID talk more. What do you think? Should we I move mean, on to questions? I, I don't think I have anything else to say about COVID in response to Wyatt's question because I don't think I'm in any kind of privileged position in regards to that. Um, but I do, I think your advice is sound, which is like, save your transfers as late as possible. Um, Before you make a transfer, maybe like just (laughs) Google the team and see if they have there any like, um, like recent COVID cases on the team that might be useful. Yeah. If you're, especially if you're trying to decide between one or the other, maybe that might be a deciding factor. I don't know. Um, Yeah. And just know that everyone else is dealing with the same stuff. So it, this game is going to come down to luck probably more so this season than any other. So just, you just have to, at the end of the day, you can't be too hard on yourself. Just pick your decisions, go have fun and hope for the best. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I'm trying not to worry too much about it because um, there's very little of it I can control. Um, I do think we can go ahead and talk about um, some of the kind of peculiarities of this week and next week, which is the blank week this week and then the double game week next week. Um, So obviously there are, quite a few teams who won't be playing this week. Among them are uh, Liverpool, um, Southampton, uh, Leicester, um, West Ham. Um, is there anyone else who's not playing that I'm missing? Those are the only ones I can think of. Uh, but anyway, so there's there's some teams that aren't playing, and so that should be something that everyone should be aware of going into this game week. If you can make a couple of um, moves to to make sure that you've got players playing, that would be great. A question I have for you, Evan, about that is, since I'm in this position of having a lot of players not playing, should I use my free hit this week? Yeah, that's a good, um, a good question. Um, yeah, I think it's definitely worth considering. Um, now, I don't know if this podcast will be released by the time um game week 18 has already started so yeah um, if hopefully other people are thinking about this as well but yeah definitely that was something i was considering beforehand now i'm not because i should have about nine players that will play i think so i'm actually not thinking about doing it anymore um okay but if you don't have very many players it is probably worth um doing it It kind of is a case-by-case basis, but I would say probably somewhere around 
if you don't have eight or nine players playing, if you have less than that, then it's probably going to be beneficial if you do use it. Yeah. Like, I think my instinct would initially be to just uh, kind of play whatever team I can scrounge together and take the, take the hit. But with the, the positions in the league being so close, I feel like having a, a real dud of a week is, could really sink me in terms of my long-term chances of finishing high on the table. So um, I'm almost doing it as like a survival strategy or almost thinking about doing it as a survival strategy, if that makes sense. Yeah. The only thing to keep in mind is that there will probably be another blank game week at some point, or maybe you want to use your free hit during a double game week. Um, I mean, there's just so many things to do. I, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of hard to choose. Um, personally, I like to just decide, use it, and get it out of the way because it's easy to let these things affect your thinking too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm having trouble with that because I want to use bench boost in um, the double game week coming up in game week 19. Yeah, totally. So I, I want to, but I don't know if I'm going to get all 15 playing players in my squad before then. So I don't know that it'll be worth it to use it. So um, I'm trying to tamper uh, tape. Uh, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to um, temper um, kind of what I'm planning on doing. And yeah. It works. If it doesn't, then I just won't use it. I'm trying not to think too hard about how to use the chips, to be honest. Um, but I think if you don't have many players playing, I think it's an, an easy time to use the free hit unless yeah. you really want to try to use the use it on a double. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's great advice because I haven't felt like there's been for my team there hasn't been a time where i was like oh yeah i've i've even really considered using the free hit and this is really the first time so that that to me says i should just go ahead and do it and and uh let the chips fall where they may um yeah as, yeah as it goes yeah <laughs> what so with that with that in mind what about the double game week like uh you mentioned thinking about bench boost and that can i think is probably best left as a game time decision as we think about covid stuff um but are there any other things you're planning on doing in preparation for the game week? Like, are there specific players you're thinking about or maybe specific um, teams you're targeting based on fixtures? Like, what are, you, what are you thinking about that? I actually like the majority of my players for that double game week. So um, I know a lot of people try to um, max out their, their um, double game weeks to – maybe it, at least in previous seasons you the plan was to wild card the week before um and then you would pick up 15 double game week players that would play two games i don't necessarily advise that because there's no guarantee that all of those players are going to play both games so yeah it, do you really want three newcastle players um <laughs> on your team instead of Salah? <laughs> you know yeah. it's like come on um so I think just uh, keep that in mind, but um, it's worth thinking about using a chip on the double game week to try to maximize stuff, um, especially if you don't have, um, I think, uh, some teams um, or players to, to maybe to bring in if you don't have them already is Bruno Fernandez. He's got a double game week. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a Liverpool player, most likely Salah, double game week. Um, Leeds would be an interesting one um, yeah. if you want to bring in uh, Patrick Bamford or um, any of their attacking players um, on the cheap if you can afford it and you're I not going to be substituting someone that's better. Um, maybe even like West Ham because West Ham has Burnley and West Brom. Yeah, I think West Ham's a good shout. Um, Suchek, if you if you have him, you're going to be starting him yeah. both of those games. Um and yeah, West Ham's a good shout. And the last one I was going to say is Man City. Wait, mm. do they have? Yeah, they have two games. They got yeah, Aston and Crystal Palace. So if you've got City players or you're thinking about bringing a City player in, might as well bring them in sooner rather than later because they've got a double game week. So now keep in mind with City, there's so much rotation there that it might not be worth it. Um, it might be a little punty. Um, yeah. Some other players might be more reliable like Bruno Fernandez. Um, but those are just some of the teams that I'm thinking about um, targeting. Yeah, totally. And I think Spicer had even asked about 
um, Spurs and, and Man City players specifically. And I think Man City... Oh, Liverpool, Liverpool and Man City. Oh, Liverpool and Man City. Cool. Right? Yeah. I think so. Something like that. Um, yeah. But anyway, we talked a little bit about Spurs, and I think the Man City situation is kind of the same as it's always been, which is... Um, you know, there are a couple of players that you know are going to play every week, but other than that, you're kind of, you know, taking your life into your hands if you're transferring an expensive uh, Man City player in because um, Pep could concoct some kind of scheme that that player doesn't fit into and you're, you're, um, you're out an expensive player. Um, so I, I'm a little bit hesitant about that. Um, obviously, De Bruyne would be a, a good shout, although um, – maybe his production hasn't been quite what we've expected this season or quite what I've expected this season. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would, if you're thinking about bringing a city player in just for the double, or at least, uh, you know, because of the double, I would honestly consider a defender. Um, mm. I mean, you'll, I mean, if you, if you get four points, you get four points, but there's a chance that they clean both of those games. So you're looking at possibly 12 points um from a one man city player like that's 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 pretty solid um yeah and because their defenses looked good so i think that's probably nothing is a given at city but i think that's probably the most reliable other than ederson ederson is probably well even then because of uh didn't he get covid so yeah <laughs> nothing is a given so but i think that's probably the most reliable thing right now is city's defense which is kind of weird to say i know yeah this dude this season like i feel like our at least my feelings about teams and specific part of parts of teams changes so quickly this season like it's it was like a couple weeks ago that i thought chelsea was going to win the league and now i'm like really down on them and, <laughs> you know it's like yeah. spurs, spurs have taken me on a roller coaster over the past couple of weeks too so it's just it's like truly wild this season yeah every team is having this every team will go on a run and then they'll dip and form. Then they'll go on a run and dip and form. And it's kind of like playing out all over the map. Um, so I, I think that also keep in mind that, again, there's going to be a lot of games piling up over the next couple of weeks. Um, so I think that's still going to be a, a theme, a common theme among teams that are just going to have fatigue and uh, they're going to struggle. So, yeah, I don't know. Just another thing to think about. Yeah, totally. Um, another question that I think is a great question, um, not only because of the uh, Aston Villa COVID situation, but just because of how well he's been playing, is Spice asked us about bringing in El Ghazi for Aston Villa, um, which I don't know what you think about that. Obviously, he's been playing extremely well, and he's very cheap at the moment. I think he costs like 5'8 or something like that. Um Let's see. Let me double check that just to make sure. Yeah, five eight. Um, Anwar El Ghazi. Um, so that there's obviously a ton of value in that, and I've heard whisperings of some other people, not in our league, but in some other leagues, thinking about dropping Grealish just based on form. Um, so that w- might be an interesting thing to do um, if you're trying to maximize value somewhere else. Like doing a straight drop of Grealish for El Ghazi would be kind of interesting. Um, my only, and I don't know if you feel the same way, Evan, my only hesitation about that would be, I think Ross Barkley will be back in the next week or two. Um, so I don't know where that leaves El Ghazi in terms of the kind of formation and whether he'll see playing time. Um, he was supposed to be back. Barkley was supposed to be black, back um, for the Boxing Day matches, but didn't end up playing. And um, it's suspected he'll be back in in the next week or so um what do you think about el Ghazi as a player and bringing him in maybe even thinking about a uh, Grealish situation yeah um first of all i think obviously he's been a great run of form um he's a pretty decent player um whether or not to drop Grealish for him i don't know that i think that's a pretty bold move to be honest um I, I mean, I just think Grealish is going to be more reliable. And I think if you uh, – I could just so easily see it going south. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, he's in a good run of form. I don't mind bringing him in. 
Um, I just don't know if I would ditch Grealish for him. If you don't have either of the team, if you don't have either of the players and you don't only have money for El Ghazi, bring him in. I like it. Yeah. Um, like he kind of occupies that Suchek role of like the fifth midfielder. So if you have like four solid midfielders and you want to take a punt um, and you don't have the money for Grealish, I think El Ghazi is a, El Ghazi is a good shout. Um but again, it's like team by team basis. I don't know that I would. I personally am going to be dropping Grealish. I won't. I'm gonna. He obviously has dipped in form a little bit, but compared to where he was at the beginning of the year, I think that's unfair because he had two like major hauls at the beginning of the season, and I, you wouldn't normally expect that from him anyway. So yeah. if you don't think about those outliers, he's still performing pretty well for his price point. So. I don't see necessarily a reason to drop him. Um, yeah. So if you have, if you are looking for kind of uh, that specific, I don't like to think of it as Grealish versus El Ghazi. I like to think of it as I like El Ghazi. Do I have a, a spot in my team for him? Meaning do I have that five to 6 million um, role in my midfield that I need to be filled? And if so, then I'm going to look to him. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, and I think, so Spice asked the question, and I think looking at Spice's team, um, like there's a very obvious drop there of Mares for El Ghazi. Mares is, is just sitting on the bench for, for Spicer right now um, yeah. at a tasty 8.1 pounds thousand pounds million pounds whatever uh, 8.1 uh, fantasy currency points um and like that if if mars is just going to be on your bench like that is an easy easy switcheroo for me uh, i would say i would say thinking about game week 18 and 19 i would say um i wouldn't worry about bringing in el ghazi immediately unless you have a player that's not going to play in 18 that in that case then go ahead and bring in el ghazi because he's going to play in 18, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. But if you've got enough players and you're not worried about it, then wait and then bring him in for the double game week. Because I think you want him for the double. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think though my only hesitation and the reason why I brought up the Grealish for El Ghazi switch is um, that, leave, that would leave bringing in El Ghazi for someone right now would give Spice the kind of max of villa players um and i think that would be the case for a lot of people that that would at least put them at two villa players and so oh he already was, has three yeah no 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 he's got he's got two he's got mings and grealish and um, martinez oh and martinez that's right um so he would have to drop one of them yeah and i think anyway like maybe even more so this season than in other seasons like it's dangerous to have <laughs> like a lot of players from one team right because as we've seen their games could just get postponed and you never know when they're gonna yeah. play. so it's always a little yeah. bit tricky yeah for sure that's a good point um because if, if villa don't play that's that's three of your players right there that's all of your binge you know or most of your binge that's like one extra player possibly so not much wiggle room yeah but i think I don't I know if you're if you're willing to risk it. The upside is there for the double game week at least. Yeah, agreed. And I think maybe with Spice's goalkeeping situation, Martinez is just a temporary player. Like he's not a fixture on that team. I don't think. Um, so, if I was him, I'd keep him. My yeah. Can we talk about goalies real quick? Sure. Yeah. Because I want to go. I I, I want to go on one. a rant. I want to go on a rant because <laughs> I need a new one for like the fourth time this season. Oh my gosh. It's been absolutely a nightmare. I picked Matt Ryan thinking that I would pick Matt Ryan and uh, his 4.0 backup and spend as little money as possible and just keep him the entire season. Then he gets dropped, not once, but twice. <laughs> so at that point, at that point, I say, okay, he's gone. He's out of here. So I get rid of him and bring in Fabianski. And... Um, then he picks up an injury um, immediately before the game in which they keep a clean sheet against Everton. So it's like, it's like either, and not only that, but Brighton's backup 
that I had picked wasn't in wasn't even the backup. So it's like oh anytime gosh. Ryan didn't play, it's not like I had a, a player coming in. So it's yeah. So I've had three goalie blanks this season. Oh my gosh. That's and I terrible. think two of those three times the team had kept a clean sheet. So yeah. I I need a new I need a new one as well. I think I don't really know. It's just a mess back there for me. <laughs> I so I've had um McCarthy for Southampton all season and he's been ex- like so good for me. Like could not be happier with McCarthy. Um except that now he I think he has COVID. He's listed as as ill at the moment, um, which to me says COVID. Um, and he's also not on the fixture. He doesn't have a fixture game week 18 because Southampton doesn't play. Um, so I'm tempted to do a little bit of a switch there too because my backup is the Burnley backup. Um I haven't been kind of good about keeping backup. So maybe I just get the Southampton backup. I don't know. Um, Cause I, I have been happy with McCarthy, but I mean, if you, if you want to spend the money, I think Martinez is obviously, I think he's a better pick than Fabianski, honestly, just w- especially with the way Wolves are playing. Yeah, no, I should have, I should have gone Martinez. The, the first time I had to switch my goalie, I didn't, and I'm paying the price. Whoa. Uh, Did you – I didn't know this, but uh, Bird Leno is only 4.9 right now. Oh, wow. Yes. That, I, that would be another place I would look is him. That's very interesting because I, I remember looking at him and him being much more expensive earlier in the season. I think he was at like 5 or 5.5, and a lot of people went with him in the beginning, and then Arsenal sucked ass. Yeah. So I'm sure he got, he dropped. I think he probably started at five, to be honest, because Arsenal's defense has never really been that solid. So mm. they've not been super high, highly priced. Um, yeah, I think uh, specifically for you and for me too, because I'm not going to have a playing keeper, um, I'm thinking about bringing in someone as well. And Bern Leno is one of them that I'm thinking about. Um, the other person I'm thinking about is... Um, I don't know. There's really no good. I'm trying to find a cheap. I'm trying to find a cheap one, and I just don't think it's gonna happen. Would you? Uh, okay, here's something I've been tempted to. Maybe, do maybe times. the palace. Maybe the palace keeper, honestly. But I think even him. He, there's just like no good. Like they're all like Burns Leno is like the cheapest one out of them. Like there are so many expensive. Well, five million plus keepers. Yeah. And they're all kind of mediocre. I don't want them. Do you think it would be worth spending a little extra scratch for Hugo Lloris? Uh, I don't really like Lloris as a goalie pick. Um, Even with a with a Jose Mourinho park the bus situation going on. Yeah, I guess that's the case. If you don't already, ha- I just think I think Dyer Eric Dyer is a cheaper route into that. Mm into those clean sheet points. And I don't think Larissa is going to get many save points. So mm. I, I, I don't know that they're, they're worth it. I think I would probably go Eric Dyer over Larissa, but at the same time, it's not a one-to-one. So if you, if you, if you don't have Dyer or even if you do, and you don't really like any of the options, then I guess he's a fine pick. Um, but I think Martinez is probably the best pick. I think Martinez is easily going to be the, the end up being like the the best valued keeper for the season. Um, so yeah, I, that's who I would try to bring in if possible because he's got he's got a game. Martinez has a game in eighteen, and then he's got a double in nineteen. So it's perfect. Even though they play, who do they play? They play Everton and City in the double, but still you can get a bunch of save points there, and you never know. Yeah. How are you feeling about um? about Everton right now. Eh, that game against West Ham was kind of boring and blah, but like I said, I'm trying not to take too take it into too much to, into account because all the teams have been for the most part been, been playing blah. We eked out our FA Cup win against Rotherham or whatever. <laughs> uh, nice. 
2-1 Abdullah Decore in like the 93rd minute or something. So, um, yeah, just barely, just barely. So I'm feeling okay. Eh. We've got some players coming back from injury, so I'm excited to see us. I I think the game against Wolves will be a pretty good indicator of kind of – you know, how, how are the next couple of weeks, next three or four games will go for us. Yeah. With the FA cup going on, this is when I miss having fans in stadiums the most, like there's nothing like watching an FA cup game, like, you know, Everton at Rotherham or whatever with like their fans in that tiny stadium. Yeah. Um, it's like such a joy to watch. For sure. I, I, I there was no way I was going to watch it though at 6am trying to find, a, <laughs> I'm trying to find a stream for that. No way. I'm yeah. so glad. I'm so glad I skipped that. Oh my gosh! Do you remember last year? I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. I can't remember who Tranmere Rovers were playing, but um, Mike Dean was at the Tranmere Rovers game because he's a Tranmere fan, and was like in the stands, just like standing on top of his seat, like you know, just doing all this like pump up stuff um, in front of their fans. It was incredible. Wow, that's hilarious. Yeah. Not a huge fan of Mike Dean, but that's that's pretty that's pretty good. That's pretty fun. <laughs> um, what else? Are there any other kind of like thoughts you have about the coming game week? Anything you're planning on doing, um, or any advice you want to dole out? Um, any advice that I wanted to dole out for the coming game weeks? Um, no, I think I touched on anything that I have to say. Um, um I think no, I think just um. As far as the how to plan for the blanks and the double game weeks, um, just kind of formulate your plan, stick to it, and just see how it happens. You know, I, I, there's so much that could be done. Don't overdo it. Don't overthink it. At the end of the day, how much is a bench, bench boost going to get you? If you're lucky, you're going to get – I mean, if you're lucky, you get like 15 points from your bench, you know? It's, so 15 points in the grand scheme of things is not huge because we're going to end up with like close to 2000 points on the season. So I don't think it's worth like overthinking. So um, just, just, just have a plan. Just don't, don't be caught off guard. Just kind of know what's supposed to happen. Yeah, totally. And I think just kind of for me, this is definitely, I think I mentioned this earlier on in the podcast, this is kind of like the ordinary time of the, of the season where you're like in between all of the excitement of early in the season and um, the excitement that comes towards the end of the season as the kind of table starts to really heat up. Um, And so my like small encouragement would be on a week where maybe you're just like feel really tapped out of fantasy premier league, just like before Friday or whatever the game week starts, just like give it a quick look, sub in a couple players in and out, make a transfer to just like stay if you're feeling tapped out, stay minimally involved so that you yeah. don't slip too many points. Yeah, that's a good call. I mean, yeah, because you really don't – there's really not that much to think about. And, like, we spend hours, like, overthinking it, I'm sure. Because in reality, how many players are you actually going to want to bring in? Yeah. Um, you know, for each position, there's probably, a like, 15. So you already know kind of who you could pick. Um so yeah, I think that's a great I, I think that's a great point. If you're kind of if you don't have much time, you're not really feeling it, you don't want to think about fantasy too much, just take a look at it, make transfers, um, and keep your keep your bus moving. And definitely pick a captain. Like that's an easy one to do. And I think that's kind of where um, if I'm being honest, I think that's where Wyatt was let down. Um, he didn't yeah. pick his captains for a few weeks, um, which in hindsight, he easily would have picked a couple of those captains that had come off. So, um, like that, that could be a big point getter. So, yeah, uh, you definitely want to do that. Just put, just put in the minimal, minimal effort. As a, as an example of captains being point getters, uh, getters, let me read you my points from last week. Okay, uh, McCarthy zero points, Andy Robertson <laughs> one point, Tyrone Mings one point, Connor Cody one point. Jack Grealish, seven points. Mo Salah, two points. Wilfred Zaha, three points. Ollie Watkins, two points. Jamie Vardy, five points. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, two points. Son, 26 points. Good Lord. He was the only reason why I was even half of the average this week. 
basically. Yeah. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. It was sure. it. So like that can really make or break your week and kind of keep you, keep your head above water. Um, so give, give a little bit of thought to, to captaincies if you've got the time, cause it'll, it'll always pay off, I think. Yeah. And I think um, a, another point on, on trying to inject some fun, even when uh, you're not like really feeling into it, play playing one of those chips is a good way to do that. Um, mm-hmm. It gives you something to look forward to. Like if you're feeling down about this season, um, play play a bench boost for double game week and make some make some transfers for it and um, see if it comes off. Have some fun with it, and uh, I don't know, just see what happens. But I, I don't think I have any other advice. I, my brain is fried from uh, just everything <laughs> so yeah. um yeah well i have got to i've got to get in here and make my moves uh, and figure things out so i don't know we'll see what happens i'm really hoping that um i i'm feeling i don't know about you but i'm feeling pretty good where i'm at even though i'm in fifth um i'm only what like 30 something points behind you so i think i'll catch you at some point okay i mean i like my team too i think my worry is that i think I think Spice has the strongest team in our league right now, and that worries really? me. Really? Yeah. Uh, let me take a look at his team. <sighs> yeah, I mean, that's yeah. I think he probably does have the he probably does have the strongest team. And so that uh, like him him being close behind me worries me to no end. Yeah. I think it's possible that he overtakes you. And I mean it could be next, it could be the, the first week back um he might he might pass you might be during the double game week who knows yeah this is all convincing me to make my play my free hit um just so that i don't let spice pass me Ooh, yeah if i do i'll i'll post my um my temporary lineup in slack your free hit team yeah yeah Yeah, because you could you could triple up on city a couple of defenders and a and a de bruyne pick would would be pretty nice against brighton yeah totally all right. Well, uh, well. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to mention is uh, this. This came. This comes last because it's literally the most pointless thing ever. But the, <laughs> F, the FPL Cup started, um, and only three of us qualified. It was me, Spicer, and you, Taylor. And I don't, uh, I don't even know what that is. So the FPL Cup is basically like a head-to-head thing, and oh. it's the top four million or so people from game week 16 um for specific game week 16 the top four million rank um of that specific game week qualifies um so it's not overall rank it's just the top four million for that week and uh then you get you do a head-to-head match and if you win you move on to the next round and it keeps going until there's one winner Um, you have to get extremely lucky so that's why it doesn't matter because um i the last three or four seasons I've been knocked out in like the first round or two. So it's, you kind of have to get lucky. It's very annoying. So um, three of us qualified me and you, Taylor, we both got knocked out in our first game. Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that that happened. Yeah. Yeah. And then Spicer actually won his. So we're all going to be rooting for Spicer. The whole nice. league, uh, the, the whole league's reputation rides on him. So Spice, wow. you better, you better come good for us. If you win, I, if you win the FPL Cup, you get to go to England and and win and uh, go see games and stuff. So, oh my um, gosh, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure. So it would be exciting if if that happened. But like I wow. said, it takes an immense amount of luck. I'm looking at at who he's playing. He's playing a guy named Graduate Gamer, um, and he should destroy this guy. Okay, but that's the thing. It's yeah, you should, but you never know. Because, you know, the person could have freaking, who knows, like some rando that ends up scoring yeah. a brace and it, that ends up beating him by one point or something. And it's just, there's nothing you can do. So Yeah, and I guess this game week especially, it's like so much about if you have players that are actually playing. Yeah, that's true too. So, and when you play chips and all of that. So, I don't know. Best of luck, Spicer. But yeah. um you're gonna need it that's for sure (laughs) yep we'll be reading for you yep all right well um i think that just about does it for for today anything else you want to say evan no i think that's it uh i'll do my signature sign off have fun have Have fun fun. y'all 
all right well uh we'll see you maybe next week who knows we'll talk about it uh, but yeah have a nice week